Welcome everybody to episode 14 of Dane Interviews. Very special one today because this is the first video on the new channel. Uh, Dane Interviews has its own channel now. I felt like I could expand this show and and this sh and Dane Interviews. Um, it uh, deserved to be expanded um, outside of the big beautiful Diz. Um, channel so i'm very excited very glad to be starting this channel and uh, i've got a great conversation for you today um joining me in a matter of minutes are scott and chris from the no new friends podcast i've been on their show a couple times um but so it's finally time that they're on uh they're on mine I've known them for a long time. They're great guys. So every time we talk, it always leads to great conversations. And today will be no different. And without further ado, let's get to my conversation with the No New Friends Podcast. We are here with Scott and Chris from the No New Friends podcast. How are you doing, guys? We're doing wonderful. Thank you so much for having us. It's uh, we've been talking about this for a while, and I'm I'm just so happy that we could uh, finally make it happen. Yeah, very very happy to finally be featured on Dane Interviews. Actually, this isn't the normal Dane Interviews, right, Dane? This is it isn't. No, this is the first one. This is the first one on its own YouTube channel. So this, this is, is an awesome. exciting one. It is. Wow. It is. So, so when Dane is bigger than Mr. Beast, we can look back <laughs> and say yeah. we were the first one on the new channel. Well, actually, probably yeah. buried by all the, the better yeah. talent that he gets yeah. on here. But right, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, unfortunately, Mary couldn't be here, the uh, third co-host, but that's okay. Um, because yeah, she's more expensive to exactly. to, to get exactly. to do these things. Chris and I are like the bottom level <laughs> talent on our show. It's Mary's true. that high end talent. You gotta yeah. you gotta talk to her booking agent. It's a it's a big process. Exactly, exactly. She's the Howard Stern of the show. You can get Robin, you can get Fred, but you never get Howard on an interview. Exactly. No, no, no. So your your show is not really a theme park show it's not really anything you guys branded as an adulting podcast but it's not really the right word for it for multiple reasons but anyway um one thing that brought us all together is theme parks. so i have a few quick questions about um theme parks what is your favorite theme park and if it's a disney park please let me specify which one uh, whoever Chris, wants to first. answer first, go ahead. All right, since I am not from Florida, yeah, and I uh, don't go there often, I I have to say my favorite theme park, Magic Kingdom. It's just because you Ugh. step foot in Magic Kingdom, you're a kid again. Uh, I love I love that kind of stuff. It, it's just you know, it's just magic. Whenever you go there, it's impossible to be it's impossible to be upset when you're there. It's impossible to be angry. Uh, since I'm a vacationer, I don't know how it's like if you go there, you know, once a week like Scott over here, but. <laughs> Going there once every couple of years, it's just magic. Every time you step foot, you see that castle. And even if you, you know, like I usually do, you know, even if you are 
getting there after a long f- early flight in the morning uh, and you step foot in that park, you forget you're tired, you forget about the headache you have and you just you're you're transported back to when you were a kid again. And that's why I love Magic Kingdom. The Magic Kingdom's definitely for nostalgic reasons and just the magic, my favorite park. It's interesting that you say that, Chris. Uh, I, yeah, I went to Magic Kingdom last night, mm-hmm. and when I got there, I was reminded of the headache that I had. I was reminded how tired I was. Now, part of that is because I did two other drinking parks before Magic Kingdom, <laughs> and so it was all kind of catching up with me. Yeah, Scott, I think not being an alcoholic definitely helps <laughs> me like Magic Kingdom the most. <laughs> you're, you're probably not wrong. For me, my favorite is Universal Studios, the uh, the old Universal Studios. I love that. You know, I I, I worked there. Uh, I drove the Jaws boats, and I'm sure you're gonna we're gonna talk about that. But absolutely love Universal. I met my my first wife there, and we've got two beautiful kids uh, from from that marriage. And then my current wife, um, and then probably my future wife too. I probably met her at some point <laughs> at Universal as well. Yeah, um, just met the other night. Yeah, so so Universal holds a special place in my heart. I I love that park. I love that it's a little bit edgier than than Disney. Uh, I love that you can, well, not anymore, but you were able to smoke in the parks. You, you know, smoking <laughs> sections. They had more of them, but now they've eliminated those. So now That's I'm uh, I blame I blame JPEG. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, you did say you're from uh you're from New Jersey. How did you become a Disney Parks fan? Was it just by maybe going as a little kid like me because we basically live in the same state? Well, yes. Yeah. So, uh I called them Grammy and Pops, my grandma my grandmother, my grandfather. They lived in Florida, Fort Myers, Florida. So, we frequented Florida, you know. Every year we'd go to Florida to visit to visit them down there, and we would. How many times are you going to say the word Florida in the sentence? Should we make a drinking game out of it? I I do want to let people know that that I did go to Florida a lot. He's playing. He's actually playing Florida man, Jersey man right now. (laughs) So he's he's sending it in Morse code. Every other word he's going to say Florida (laughs) to give us the answer. So I'd go there about you know probably once a year when I was younger with my family. And of course, that was, you know, how I first started to like Disney. And I didn't go for a while um, because she moved up to live with us here in Jersey. So we didn't go down there as much. Senior trip in uh, 2013, I, uh, I went back for the first time in a long time. And uh, me, two of my really good friends, one of them being my childhood friend and uh, my now wife, Emily, we were a girlfriend, boyfriend back then. We spent the whole trip, just the four of us. And everybody had these really big groups at Disney. And everyone was arguing about, oh, let's do this, let's do that, because you group the 10 or 20. We had a group of four, and we had the greatest time ever, because we all could agree on the same thing, like, let's do this, let's do that. And that's kind of when I fell back in love with the parks. And then, you know, fast forward, we still talk about that that trip to this day, that whole friend group that I had. Was that your, was that your first trip, or do you remember, if it wasn't, do you remember the, the year that your first trip was? My first trip was probably back in the early 2000s. I don't okay. remember. Yeah, don't remember when it was. But yeah, my first trip was definitely back in the early 2000s. And I always loved it there. But I definitely fell back in love with it in 2013. Then fast forward, you know, years later, uh, during the pandemic is when I really got into like the uh, the significance of the parks because mm-hmm. everyone was all, you know, doom and gloom during the pandemic. I um, I tried to tap into that happiness that Disney World is when the parks were closed watching my YouTube videos, watching my, you know, reading my books on, you know, the history of the Haunted Mansion, stuff like that. 
And um, so from 2013, I fell back in love with the parks. And then I think in 2020, I really, really like just became enamored with the parks and its history just to kind of get me through tough times. And then, mm -hmm. you know, fast forward all those years, you know, a couple of years later, and here we are doing this interview. Yeah, sure. you know, it's funny, Chris, that you, you brought up the, the pandemic. I think the pandemic kind of enabled everybody to slow down and really d deep dive into all the Disney content that's out there, 100%. whether it's put out yeah. by Disney, like on Disney Plus, the Imagineering story, or, you know, Disney history podcasts like Diz His or like Dane's channel, uh, Big Beautiful Diz. It, first of all, it gave the creators time to create all that stuff. And then as a consumer, it gave us time to really consume all that content and really okay. make a lot of us pseudo experts, if you will, or yeah, at least a lot more knowledgeable on the theming and the backstories. And, it, you know, uh -huh. honestly, other than the death and destruction and the fighting about the masks, Walt would be very happy with what COVID did for Disney uh, sure. and the closures and the, the, you know, the job losses and all that. But the yeah. fact that now people are able to understand the, 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 the history and the background and the theming behind his intentions and all that, I think would make him kind of smile today. Yeah. hundred percent. If he was alive. Scott, do you remember your first trip? You were probably like, very 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 tiny but do you remember your I first was never very very tiny dane you see me now yeah. <laughs> did you meet disney at walt disney at the age <laughs> yeah right so disney i i know that i would have had to have gone to disney before 1983 but the first trip that i remember is 1983 so i was like four years old um yeah. Or, or 1986, whatever, in, in the early 80s, because I have video of it. And yeah. uh, that's why I know the Kids of the Kingdom so well, that sh the, the show that was in front of the castle. And I know all of the old school, you know, I have Horizons on tape somewhere, on VHS somewhere. <laughs> uh, Carousel of Progress with the song Now is the Time instead uh -huh. of Big, uh, you know, Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow. So in 1983, I definitely remember that trip, or at least I remember... I remember it from watching it on video. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I was walking and, and all that. My, my sister was in a stroller. Uh, and then I know I took, no, SeaWorld was 1986. Universal, I do remember a lot, a lot fresher because Universal opened up in 1990. Yeah. Was, so yeah. I believe I went one year after it opened. So a lot of the kinks were out, but I didn't get to ride Jaws until it reopened in 93 under uh, version two of the attraction. That's my favorite attraction of all time. <laughs> And this is the funny thing, and, and a lot of people are not big fans of Michael Eisner, and and I am a huge Eisner fan. Eisner, to me, close, closely, closest, closestly, most closely <laughs> resembles okay. Walt. And I'm going to yeah. tell you why. Every Sunday, he would introduce the uh, Wonderful World of Disney movie of the week, and he starred or, or narrated or whatever did the all the preview videos for MGM studios, much like Walt did before he opened up Disneyland and before the Florida project where he would be on every Sunday talking about the Florida project or talking about Disneyland. Eisner did the same thing. And I remember specifically the whole Indiana Jones thing. And I thought the Indiana Jones thing was just a walk up exhibit mm -hmm. uh, because that's just the way it looked on. on but I thought it was a universal. So <laughs> I, I remember eating lunch uh, right across from like the animal actor stage and I was like, when are we going to go see Indiana Jones? And my dad's like, yeah. well, that's not here. <laughs> <laughs> what made you fall in love with that attraction, Scott? Because you've said multiple times that it's your 
favorite ride in all of Disney World. What the Indiana uh, Jones? Yeah. What made you? Um, what made it your favorite? Well, first of all, I, I'm I'm very theatrical. You know, I did uh, I did a lot of community theater in high school, a lot of performing and all that. And I loved Indiana Jones. I, I love Indiana Jones. The first three movies. The fourth one is garbage. <laughs> and you know, you put those two together, uh, just a theatrical performance. I thought it was funny. Uh, I love the music. I'm a huge John Williams fan. I mean, I'll just blare John Williams in my car. Um, but I just, I, I love everything about the show. It was exciting. And again, I saw it in the preview. And also when it first opened, the trapdoor effect never worked or they didn't perfect it yet or they didn't do it for safety. So I, I remember going to that show over and over and over again, hoping to see the trapdoor effect. And I, <laughs> I don't know what it is. And my sister and I would perform it in our living room. I mean, like I, I remember <laughs> I had this little Nerf basketball and she would roll it down the hallway uh, because we just the way that our living room was it, it, like there was a little it, it was a, a step down and behind the couch and it gave me just enough room to dive before the boulder or Nerf ball hit me. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, I had a little participation trophy that I was stealing off the podium. So the I don't perform this in my <laughs> living room. That was actually last week. But um <laughs> Scott, no, that I was just, an interesting answer because I, I always thought it was because such it was it was such an amateur show that I thought it gave you like a hope for you know a, a job in entertainment. I hate you. I hate you, Chris. Have you ever been to Universal? Oh yeah, yeah. I used to go to Universal with my uh, with my family when I was younger. I rode some of the older rides like Jaws and stuff like that. Oh, he doesn't cool. remember the last time we went to Universal. That was a long, <laughs> long weekend. Yeah, we did go to Universal with Scott and I with uh, Joe. Oh, that's right. I forgot about Remy. that. Yeah. yeah, and then on senior trip, we did go to Universal for a day. I've had many, I've had way more days in on Disney property than in Universal, but I do love Universal as well. Scott, you worked at Universal. Um, when were the when when did you work there? What years? So I started March of '98, and I left. Uh, Damn. October 2002 is when I left. So yeah, I, I spent four years there and then, and then from there went to SeaWorld uh, and worked at SeaWorld for another four or five years. Uh, it Did was they have you as an fun. actor in the Shamu show? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was Shamu. Um, <laughs> so yeah, you know, I started driving the Jaws boats. It was my dream job. Once I actually got to experience Jaws, I, I fell in love with that attraction. And again, performance-based. Scott, can uh, I cut you off for a second? Yeah. You can't really say driving the boats. You 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 did not drive the boat. You just kind of stood I, there. Listen. He's sa- he um, was a sailor. Come on. Come now. on. I, I, <laughs> I pressed the boat. I pressed the button that started the boat. And then uh, that was it. Way to ruin Wait, the I, magic, Scott. Come on now. <laughs> Alex, cut that out, please. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, so I, I absolutely love that job. And then, you know, I moved up. I was a shift leader at Jaws, Twister, the old King Kong. Uh-huh. And then I, I was a supervisor in Seuss Landing and then Triceratops Encounter, Island Skipper Tours. Pretty much anything that I touched is now closed. So I'm kind of a kiss <laughs> of death. Um, uh-huh. Everything that I supervised or worked at is gone. But uh, I had a lot of fun. And, and um, you know, unfortunately, we, we, we definitely, I definitely experienced uh layoffs there not myself but some of my good friends post um september 11th because i was working Mm -hmm. on september 11th which is a very very scary story just because we had no idea i mean for anybody who lived through that you you two have no idea what i'm talking about september 11th i was was close to it by associate kind of (laughs) yeah the tri-state area 
but not knowing what was happening. And of course, rumors are swirling on the radio. Oh, Disney's sure, a target. Yeah. You know, Orlando's yeah, a target. You immediately think of the next targets being Disney, maybe the, Universal, Las yeah. Vegas, the White House. You know, what, yep. what could be hit next? Yeah. So, you know, and that's always a uh, – during job interviews, it's definitely – Something that I bring up because I was a I was part of evacuating the park. Um, oh, it was evacuated. Wow. I didn't. Oh know yeah, that. we wow. we closed the park down at about noon that day wow. and did staged not I call it evacuations to be dramatic, but it was staged pushing them out of the park just to age you, just to age you, Scott. Uh, you were evacuating people. You were you had the power to do that. You were of age. I was in first grade. I still remember <laughs> the day I was in first grade. Um, I know. <laughs> Scott, obviously, that's a very stressful situation. So when when the news the news is coming out about all the buildings being hit, what were your what were your initial what what was your teams? Because obviously, it's just not you evacuating all of Universal. So right. like, was there a team a group of you evacuating people? And what were your steps to make sure in the in the horrible instance that there would be an attack what were your steps to evacuate the whole park great question and and you know there was a lot of meetings um at higher senior levels that i was not privy to obviously yeah yeah just a you know attractions manager um i i do remember i mean you know, to, for any of any of your listeners or your viewers that that remember that day, I mean, it was you didn't know what was happening next, and um, adrenaline was pumping, and excitement is not the word, um, but you didn't know what was happening next. It's not like when you yeah. watch the videos now, uh, like when I watch September 11th compilation videos of the timelines and all that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know what happens. You know exactly time. what time. Yeah, exactly. Right. Living in that moment, we had no idea. I remember coming into work it was a tuesday and uh, listening to howard stern and i went into the wardrobe building and because i always used to cut through there and everybody's staring at the tvs and i'm like what's going on and this was after the second plane hit hit so i didn't i didn't see the second plane hitting uh in real time obviously i've seen it eight thousand times since and uh, you know there's people crying there's you know we didn't know what was going on so i i continue through the park up to my office, which is uh, right next to the old Terminator attraction. And it's not like it is now where there's TVs everywhere. And and we didn't have smartphones back then, but we went over to Terminator, went into the green room, the entertainment green room, and we watched everything unfold. Um, You know, we saw the buildings collapse. We said, and I think when it was, when we had heard that the Pentagon got hit, that was when like, that was the moment when we're like, we already knew that we were under attack. But now when the Pentagon gets hit, now it's like really real. And it's like, oh, my gosh. And they're talking about. And at the time, again, news is different. Well, I should say news was different then than it is now where, you know, now we get more facts. But that's not true. Um, We they're like, there's still 20 planes unaccounted for. And, you know, there's one going there, one going, you know, a lot of rumors, a lot of speculation but again, you know, hats off to the media. They're they're trying to handle this the best that they can as well. But there's they're professionals, but there's emotions going on. You know, some of them are are stationed in New York and Washington could be areas of targets. Anyway, to to get back to your question, 
So finally, when the, the powers that be decided on what was going to happen, they sent all of us to specific places in the park. So they sent me to Jaws. Jaws was on the back corner of the park. And they said, this is what you're going to do. You're going to go over there. You're going to keep, we're going to close the attraction. Keep your staff calm. And then when, when we tell them what's going on, when we've decided exactly what time and how we're going to do this, everybody's going to go out front of the attraction. And we're just going to start letting guests know that we are closing the park early today. Because we didn't want to create a panic. We didn't want people to say, yeah. you know, think, oh my gosh, we've got tipped off that we're a target because that was not, that wasn't, that wasn't the reality. It was just out of precaution, out of respect, out of everything that was going on, we need to close the park. And, and that's what we did. You know, we just piece by piece closed each section of the park. Yeah. Because if we would have just had everybody needs to exit the park now, that's when mass hysteria yeah, that way it would have been chaotic. Yeah, yeah. I, I, from what I remember, I thought it was done very well. Where it was like, okay, we're going to close this section of the park, and now we're going to close this section of the park. So it's slow, so that people aren't feeling that there's a panic, but they do know that it's closing. Sorry, yeah, Chris, sorry to bring down the whole mood. <laughs> no, of this. it's okay. It's that. No, that's interesting. I had no idea that. Yeah, you don't hear that. A lot. You, yeah, I you've never talked about that before that I've heard. So. Yeah, I, I used no to introduce myself and, and say, yes, I uh, my name's Scott, and I inter I uh, evacuated Universal on September 11th. But, you know, people mm -hmm. told me that that wasn't really appropriate, and so <laughs> I stopped doing that. I told so. him that. That was the <laughs> <laughs> No, look, it's, it's interesting, and I figured, it you is, know, yeah. being a theme park podcast, a theme park uh, YouTube channel, it'd be interesting to kind of hear about. And, and by no means am I an official spokesperson for Universal. This is just based on my recollection of that day, which was, what, 20... 22 years 21 years ago uh, yeah that's no uh, that's very it's very interesting i mean you know not a lot of not a lot of people can tell that story about especially working i mean they can maybe tell the story of of like being at disney or universal but sure you have a very unique story there um you said earlier that you operated the jaws ride um and you've talked about that many times. You did a whole episode on it on Remy's Roundtable. Um, did you operate any other rides? I did. I did. I was, uh, you know, I started off at Jaws and then I was a shift leader at uh, the old King Kong attraction. Um, so I drove the trams again. Used he was the... King Kong. <laughs> yeah, it was King Kong. Uh, I was a shift leader at Twister. Um, and he was then the cow. I was, what's that? <laughs> He was the cow. I <laughs> was the cow, yeah. Uh, then I was a, a, a supervisor in Seuss Landing, so I had Cat in the Hat, One Fish, Two Fish, If I in the Zoo, The Carousel, uh, then Jurassic Park. So my attractions were Triceratops Encounter, Island Skipper Tours, which is the boat that went back and forth from Jurassic Park to the Port of Entry, and then the Discovery Center. And then I went back to the studios, and I was the supervisor for Jaws, uh, and then and uh, Beetlejuice Graveyard Review, Wild West Stunt Show. Love that And show. then... Also got moved over to horror makeup, Alfred Hitchcock, uh, the old version of Universal Express with the, the tickets that printed out of the boxes that never worked, and <laughs> yeah. then uh, special events. So a little bit of everything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll talk. We'll talk about new new friends very soon. I just this. I want to get some stuff that you haven't like you haven't talked about yet. Obviously, your show is just like talking about your life. So like, I can't really. I don't really want to ask you about like certain episodes because in 
the next episode or that episode you might be like explaining you know what i mean because like this this interview was kind of tough to write because normally i can just be like hey tell me the story of whatever video or whatever song whatever episode but with you guys you already talk about like the behind the scenes in the episode (laughs) so um i just want to talk to to scott more about his days at universal um your story has been talked about i've talked to you about your life um and and about when you were raising your kids and how tough that was for you was that was it tough for you to leave universal given your situation um yeah you know it was it was really tough to leave universal um and there was a lot of circumstances you know my 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 wife at the time I didn't feel was being treated fairly. So um, I started to just, you know, not take my job seriously and, and made some stupid decisions that, uh, that caused me to voluntarily kind of leave. Um, I, I regret, I regret that to this day because I, I loved working there. I loved working in attractions and one of my one of the guys that I was like co-shift leaders with during Halloween Horror Nights, and I got promoted to supervisor before he did. He's now the executive vice president of attractions for Universal Orlando. Oh. And I'm like, you know, other people that, you know, there's another guy that's the senior manager uh, of attractions. And he was my tower attendant at King Kong. And if if you ever met him and asked him what inspired him to move up, He'll tell you about the day that his supervisor or his lead was tasked with giving one attendant an Islands of Adventure t-shirt who they thought did a really good job that day. And I was the lead and I gave him the t-shirt. And that he'll, I mean, he tells people all the time that it was at that moment that he decided he wanted to move up. And now he's a senior manager. And, uh, you know, at the time it was, I I didn't like who I was young. I was young as well. I was, uh. (laughs) You know, when I left Universal, I was 21 years old, so it wasn't. You know, Dane is super mature uh, for for even a. You know, it, I would put you at 23, 24, but I was an idiot. I was I was an idiot, and I just made stupid decisions, and I regret it. Like I don't have very many regrets in life. This is one of the things that I really regret. I regret leaving Universal because it was definitely. A, 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 a it it started it 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 definitely was like the starting point for the course of the next 10 to 15 years of my life um chris where did your love of broadcasting start oh that's a great question no one's ever asked me that and that's probably because this is my first interview <laughs> i it's <laughs> what dane interviews is all about i <laughs> i always loved making people laugh um my whole life I just always, I don't know. I just always loved making people laugh and I always loved entertaining people. Never told this story before, but my best friend and I back in sixth grade started a YouTube channel, which is still on YouTube today. (laughs) What's the channel name? Come on. What is the channel name? What's the channel name? Come on. C and A movies. C and, and A um, movies. Okay. C and A movies. I, I have to save this right now so I can put up a clip. (laughs) <laughs> People watching on YouTube, you're seeing uh, that's little Chris, if I can find it. And it, this was in sixth grade. And uh, the first ever video, I remember it vividly. It's called Poor People. 
and me and my friend just play a father and son who are poor and can't afford things. And we literally made up that video uh, on the way back from the, uh, we went to Eagles training camp with my dad that day. And on the way back, we thought of making YouTube videos and that, and that created my love for creating content. Uh, I create, I edited all the videos on uh, windows movie maker. <laughs> I um, attack at the dolls, I think is my favorite video that I made. And I would create all the stories and he would help and we would, we would just create these stories and we would just create these skits together. And I grew up with the generation of YouTube that um, it was when YouTube first came out. So we thought it was the coolest mm -hmm. thing to be able to publish our videos to YouTube. And um, the only music that I had on my computer were Michael Jackson songs. So a lot of the, I think the theme song and a lot of the things are just to Michael Jackson songs. I remember poor people, I think as Billy Jean in the intro. Um, anger yeah. management. Oh, the anger <laughs> management. Oh my gosh. Anger management. I remember vividly too. I was the person with anger issues. Pokemon. Yeah. Pokemon and theme song. Yeah. I love the way you conjugate. I love, okay. Okay. Wow. Dane, you're really, I mean, with the assist of, of Scott diving deep into my memories. So Dane, your answer to when did I love broad, when did I find my love of broadcasting? Probably sixth grade. And it followed me throughout high school. I, uh, I took on an amateur rap career in high school and I love the way you conjugate. I, I loved performing Dane. So for, and I was not good at school. <laughs> so how do you combine <laughs> those two to get good grades? I went to my Spanish teacher. I was like, Hey, if I, if I write a rap, uh, can I get extra credit? So I wrote, I'm very good at writing songs. I've, no one knows this, but I love writing music. I don't do it anymore, but like parody music. And I would write songs for extra credit for my class. And I love the way you conjugate. I still know every word, I think, because I just remember rhymes very easily. I, uh, that, was a, that was an extra credit project. I, I ran for vice president of my class, me and my friend. And I did not give speeches. I sang songs. And I am not a good singer, but I, <laughs> I, I sang songs for the rendition of Michael Jackson and stuff like that. And it's just I, I've always loved to perform. And, um, and it came from an early age. So kind of getting, getting this outlet of being able to be on a podcast each week has definitely <laughs> fulfilled one of my wants in life. Yeah. Sorry, I can't stop laughing. I'm watching. I, I love you the watching. way you conjugate right yeah. now. Yeah, I wrote all that. I, I would write the choruses for my friend to sing. And then uh, I, mean, I have video. I have videos of me performing in my Spanish class. Wow, I, this is, I, for, I, I honestly forgot a lot about this stuff. So, Chris, we're definitely going to have to post this to Patreon. Oh, 100%. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Because I have wow. found – I well, I, I'm, I've got to look for it, but I have original recordings when I did an internet radio station back early 2000s. Mm -hmm. Like we actually went to a studio, and it was like a three-hour show, um, but that's before podcasting. Mm -hmm. And you could do three-hour radio shows because that's what it was. Right. And uh, it was this little internet radio station that – it was a uh, kmax.com kmaxam.com is what it was it played on one station in california it's 550 a.m uh in california so you could only hear it between two hills in california but uh like i thought i was howard stern and i mean <laughs> i would god i i don't even know if i could play some of it with the with the uh, I, the female co-host that we had so really bad now that i'm now that you have opened this this memory Dane. Um, it wasn't CNA movies. That was not my 
my that is not when I found my love for for entertaining. It was actually 15 years ago. It's Yob Productions is the YouTube channel. (laughs) And it's me and my sister from 15 years ago. Um, And do you guys, I mean, you know who Fred is from YouTube, right? Yeah. High pitched voice. Yeah. High pitched voice. Yeah. So Fred was very popular. Right. So I made, I talked like this the whole video. (laughs) So when I sped it up, it sounded normal, but high pitched. I did not know how to upload videos, so I edited it on uh, from iMovie. So I edited it on iMovie, and then I took my camera and recorded my computer screen, and that is Yob Regular Day on, <laughs> on YouTube. Yeah, it was a different time. That's 15 years ago. You're talking. That was geez, what was that? 2008. Kudos to you, Chris. You have 213 views on this. I don't know uh, how. I know. Yob regular <laughs> day. And, uh, you know, and the aspect I, ratio I, is like an old TV. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's definitely something that you would watch on the news after your murder. Scott, uh, is, is <laughs> when did that spark start for you? Probably when I was in the womb, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, no, I, I don't know what it is. And, and I had I had a friend in elementary school and we have these, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a kid of the 80s. So we had these little intercoms. Um, some would call them baby monitors, but it was like more like intercoms where you could talk to each other in different rooms and all that. So it, it, this this friend, his name was Jody Vining. We would um, we would do our own radio show from inside, you know, uh, my playroom. You could close the doors and all that. And we would broadcast the entire through the entire house it was called rir radio don't know what it stood for (laughs) it was rir radio number one the funny (laughs) thing is fast forward jody vining had a very successful radio show on uh, a local radio station here in orlando um i don't know if he's still broadcasting now he's got a family and all that but that's when it started for me and it never went away and then when i discovered talk radio um howard stern in the Mm -hmm. in the mid 90s is when i discovered him uh i was hooked and then the the local talk radio station here in orlando real radio 104.1 you know following the monsters because it was it was always howard stern then the monsters then the phillips file then uh the drew garabo show and just i listened non-stop to these shows and and followed them throughout the years and that's when I was like, this is what I want to do. And then when the movie Howard Stern's private parts came out and just watching him in studio. Yeah. I was like, this is what I want to do. Yeah. Uh, so eventually you would find a way to do that <laughs> in podcasting. Um, but first, before you made the podcast you obviously had to meet your co-host mary so where did you and mary meet originally so mary and i were uh restaurant managers together at a um chain restaurant here it's mostly on the east coast you probably hear because i think they have some in uh in new york new jersey pennsylvania but it's called smoky bones uh bar and fire grill so we met working there and just became um best friends just just working together at smoky bones and then i got promoted to general manager and she worked for me she was like my marketing manager and service manager and uh just 
you know, stayed really good friends and eventually best friends uh, ever since. And you then you worked at um, Desertland together, right? Yeah, well, we we actually worked at uh, we worked at Andretti Indoor Karting and Games together. So I got hired there as, as an assistant general manager, and she was doing something completely unrelated to her field. She was working. Um, she was working. She was she was working in a different field and that was no longer going to be an option for her. So she called me. She's like, Hey, you know, you guys looking for any marketing people or maybe servers. And I said, well, actually we are looking for a marketing person. So we worked together at, And at Andretti. And then I left Andretti to be the general manager, the opening general manager at Deserland. And then again, we needed a marketing person. So only natural. So we've worked together at three different, three different places. Wasn't desert, wasn't Deserland kind of, or isn't it? Is it still open? It's it, still, it is open, still open, right? Isn't yeah. that kind of like? Doesn't that have a go kart thing in it too? Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's got an indoor go kart track, uh, trampoline park, all sorts of stuff. Here's the funny thing, Dane. I hate barbecue, and uh -huh. I have had a very, very successful uh, restaurant general manager career at two different barbecue chains. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, that's probably one of the reasons that you hate barbecue and go karts well, because yeah, of those yeah. places. I've always hated go-karts. I, I don't like going to go-kart places because I have a lot of anxiety about being in the go-karts. Um, and I've had a successful career working at two different go-karts. <laughs> it's weird how it works. I don't know. And you hate Chris and you have a very successful podcast with <laughs> Anyway, no new friends. Um, where did that idea to start that uh, come from? Scott. So I, I love the, I love this question because the idea and, and I had been wanting to start a podcast for two years before we, I, before I actually started one. And the original idea was going to be called working dad jokes. And Which is the trailer was, for there is a trailer for it. Yes. It, it, it does exist. If you go on Apple uh, or Sp probably <laughs> Spotify, it's there. The trailer is there. Yeah. But we never did anything. So it was it, the idea was it was going to be four of us uh, who were all dads and just being funny. It, it pretty much the exact same premise that No New Friends is, but yeah. different. You know, I was going to end each segment with a dad joke and all that because I didn't know. I didn't know the first thing about podcasting. I didn't know that you needed to be niche and have like yeah. a specific thing that you do. I had no Category. idea. I just yeah. wanted to. I wanted to have an FM style talk show. That's what I always wanted to do. So that's what I did. So it, two, two years, for two years, I'm talking about this. I mean, like we all met and planned out our first 10 shows. There's a notebook somewhere in here that has the first 10 shows planned out because my wife said, I'm not buying you any equipment until you plan out the first 10 shows. <laughs> so that night we planned out 10 shows. And, um, <laughs> and she, I was like, I, know, I showed you. So, <laughs> but I didn't know the first thing about technology. I still don't know the first thing about technology. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what to buy. I don't know what to record on. I don't want to spend thousands of dollars. I have no idea what to do. So it never got started. You have a $200 microphone that he can't use on Zoom. So <laughs> yeah, there it is. <laughs> so I reach out to my dad and I'm like, hey, can you jump on Zoom? I want to see if I can record something. Now, what's funny is at the very beginning of the pandemic, Mary and I talked about like, because you used to be able to do like duet Facebook lives, like you could bring someone into your Facebook live. And that's what we were going to do. We were going to do Facebook, a Facebook live together every night. And we couldn't figure it out because we're idiots. And so my <laughs> wife and I did it. It's, it's on Facebook. My, my wife and I did uh, uh, 
what was it called? It was called um, Scott. It was called Scott and Rachel uh, Hurricane 2020 Coronavirus Edition. Uh, anyway, anyway, my dad wasn't available. So I'm like, Mary, can you jump on to Zoom for like 15 minutes? I just want to record something and see how it works. And I and I want to just kind of see this episode from beginning to end. Yeah. And I'm like, and it'll probably never see the light of day. But if it's good, then we'll publish it. And we didn't have a name. And I said, what should the name be? And she's like, well, obviously no new friends. And I'm like, okay, doesn't make any sense to me. But Do you we'll know go the meaning it. behind that name? Has she ever no. explained that to you? Well, it's, you know, we don't want new friends um, because <laughs> she's, you know, we, 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 we already don't have enough time for each other. So no new friends, um, you know, just, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Is there a, is there a deeper meaning? Still wondering I, too, Dan. I, yeah, I don't know. I was, I was just, I was wondering the same thing. If the, if there's a meaning behind it at all. <laughs> no, it's 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 the dumbest name ever, and it's like I wish we, w- I wish that we would have given it some thought because I don't know that we'd, na- but also we didn't know what it was. It was just going to be us yeah. talking, which is really all that it was for. Gosh, I, I mean, Chris, Chris joined us before we said, okay, it's the podcast for adults who like to laugh at adulting. So we do this episode called Just Winging It because that was literally what we were doing was just winging it. And I loved it. I thought it was perfect. And I said, okay, I figured out how to edit. That day, I download software. I figure out how to edit. I'm on Anchor. Throw some music at it, which interestingly enough, the opening and closing music that we used in that very first episode is the same opening and closing music that we use to this day. We haven't oh, wow. deviated from that except for, for special episodes. But anyway, uh, and then it, we we posted it and I had like 40 people listen to it in the first hour it was published. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to be rich. <laughs> like we've done it. <laughs> uh, my goal is it. I didn't realize that 40 people was all that episode was going to see for the next six months. And uh, <laughs> it, it was, you know, it it, it it doesn't just happen overnight. So the format's always been the same. Uh, you've updated your equipment by a lot. <laughs> do you still have that? Do you still have that headset, by the way? I do. Um, I do have the headset. You didn't the donate that to the Smithsonian? Is... I thought it was on loan. <laughs> my my cleaners ran over the in the radio uh, ran over the the cord, so the cord doesn't work anymore. But oh. this this was the original headset. There uh, and you see it's on a little display case uh, or display design. That was for um, Scott's toilet paper, but it was. But yeah, it had the, the built in microphone and I was able to for the longest because these were these were my favorite headsets. I still used it, but with the regular with a good microphone, not just the built in. I took the built in microphone. And I don't even know where it is. I threw it. But yeah, this is the original headset. Wow. Your logo. Um, I don't even know what the very, very, very first logo was. I think I, I, I saw it on Facebook. Is it light blue? Was that the first logo? <laughs> yeah, it's it's a light blue with neon. Mary's stepson created that. Um, Who's no, the, but even worse than that, Dean, if you go to iHeartRadio right now, our original original logo which is just her and my face and it says i also saw that one too i saw that one too but i was like there's no way that this was there this has to be just their facebook photo there's no way that was the original photo that was the original (laughs) logo 
um, I had no idea what we, we had no idea. Listen, Dane, I was like, okay, with my voice, pre- creativity and passion and Mary's marketing, this thing is unstoppable. Yeah. We, everything we touch is going to turn to gold. Little did I know that um, Mary was going to get a real job and not <laughs> do marketing. And uh, it was a lot harder than just being passionate and creative. Yeah, you're right. But you, I mean, you guys have you guys have had some some major success. I mean, thank you. St- thank you. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, don't don't don't. Some people, it, it does his does this all the time, right, Chris? Where I'll I'll talk to Joe, and I'll be like, I'll just ask him casually, how many downloads do you get? And he dodges the question, but I know he's getting like thousand downloads per episode because <laughs> this it, it, is such a major thing. So like, stop being humble, and 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 realize you know how big of a show you guys are. I mean, you're on Glacier. That's a popular radio. I mean, it's an internet radio station. There needs to be some kind of needs to be some kind of audience for that, right? Yeah. <laughs> No, look, I, I, I know what we have, and uh, and Chris and I talk about this all the time. You know, I, our even, even if we get to 10 million downloads per episode, our numbers are never going to be where I want them to be, you know, because I'm all, I'm never going to be satisfied with yeah. where we're at right now. I'm always looking for what's You never next, can be, and next. that's the other thing is that a, to be a great podcast, to be a great anything, you can never be satisfied with what you have now. Correct. Where, where... I am measuring our success right now. Um, we're we're not in the red as far as finances are concerned. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't say we're far in the black, but we're you know we're not out of pocket. Uh-huh. We've we've made we've made relationships with people that are going to last a lifetime. Yeah, you know, our, our listeners turn Patreon members turn friends um, because. I mean, Dane, you've come into town and tried to do whatever I could to at least spend um, a little bit of time with you. Same thing with Ryan. Joe and I get together. When Chris comes in town. And Chris like, drove two hours. So that's all you have to do. Yeah. <laughs> right. But but those those relationships and hearing some of our listeners say, you know what? I've had a really crappy week and getting to listen to your podcast on Sunday night or whenever they mm-hmm. listen to it kind of like rejuvenates me and, 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 you know, puts me in a good mood. And just, I I look forward to that. And that's all I've ever wanted. Yes. I want a lot of listeners, but I want a lot of listeners that we can be, we can make an impact on their day, whether that's, you know, they've, they've listened to us and now they feel better about their life decisions as a result of hearing what we do on a daily basis, or we've made them laugh. We put a smile on their face, or maybe they heard something that, you know, when we do have those serious moments, they've uh, been like, oh, you know, they, they've learned something or something. That's yeah. all, that's what I really want. You know, yeah, of course, I, I want to do this full time. This is my dream. This is what I've always wanted to do. But a byproduct of that is making a positive impact, however that looks on people. And, and yeah. you know, that's what that's what I'm really passionate about. And that's why, you know, all our circle of uh, of content creators, I want to do whatever yeah. I can to help inspire them or give them nuggets i mean i'm not i haven't i'm not joe rogan yet uh, as far as our listeners but you know i i think i know a little bit hey chris chris so you weren't a part 
of the No New Friends podcast mm. when it when it started, when those first how many episodes were there? Like ten? Twenty one. There were twenty. Oh, I was way off. Wow. He was he was always a part of it. We just didn't know it yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Chris, you want to tell that story how you you met these guys? Yeah, it's a really fun story. Start from really the very beginning, by the way. I will. Start um yeah. Because I also want to talk to you about joining Dizhiz. So start from when you originally became a Patreon member of Dizhiz. Yeah, absolutely. So I always describe the situation that I'm in now as the butterfly effect. And if you don't know what the butterfly effect is, it's the notion that like a butterfly fluttering somewhere in the world, you know, just from that flutter can create, you know, weather change halfway around the world. Just from that That small is the most beautiful instance. thing I've, I've ever heard you say. <laughs> <laughs> so um don't get used to it so <laughs> so 2020 happens the pandemic happens i was dealing with um you know i was dealing with a lot of anxiety i've always been prone to anxiety my whole life and when the pandemic hit i was trying my best to kind of stay above water and um there was a lot of scary stuff going on in the world it's like if i went to cvs to pick up medicine one day i, I came home and i was afraid that i was gonna die because i thought i was gonna contract this deadly virus so it was like a lot of anxiety a lot of scary stuff so i had to find ways to balance the all the craziness and sadness and and, and scariness in the world mm -hmm. with happiness so i uh i started working out and I would go into uh, uh, the basement on the treadmill and I need to listen to something. I don't like listening to music when I run. I like listening to people talk. By the way, when uh, Chris goes down in his basement and likes to hear people talk, pretty soon we're going to hear Chris start going, I live in New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Christopher Yob. I live in New Jersey, near so Philadelphia. <laughs> So anyway, you like Huey Lewis. <laughs> so, so of course, there's all this craziness going on in the world. I don't want to hear about it anymore. I just got to the point where it's like, I need to find this balance. So I started doing a really, really deep, really deep dive into Disney history. Uh, Cause I'm a, I, I, uh, I graduated with a history degree. I love history. It's, it's what I enjoy. So I started watching YouTube history videos and that's, that wasn't enough. So I went to the podcast app on my phone. And I typed in literally just Disney history and the Diz his podcast pops up. So I start listening to the Diz his and was this um, before or after they were on Sorcerer? This was way before. Okay. This was way before okay. Sorcerer Radio was even a thought. Uh, the original hosts were still hosting. It was Adam at the time, yep. Joe and Alex. And uh, I just loved the chemistry they had. I loved the history that they that they gave. And I'm like, you know, it just took me out of this really bad place that I was in. I'd go to sleep listening to Diz His. I'd work out listening to Diz His. It's just like it would just kind of take me out American of that funk. I live in the American Gardens building. <laughs> so it just, you know, whenever when I was whenever I was depressed or started to feel anxious about like the pandemic and COVID, I just, just consume myself with Disney. So Diz His really helped that a lot. So anyway. So I started hearing commercials on the Diz His podcast about join our Patreon. I didn't know what Patreon was back then, but I always look into things when I don't know about them because I just love tech. So I'm checking out this new this new app, this new website. And anytime I can just voluntarily give my money away, I do it. By the way, hit up chrisyob at gmo.com if you have a, a $75 Amazon gift card to give to him. <laughs> so yeah, I, uh, you, you, usually Chris's love for finding out new tech 
creates more work for me. Because he's like, oh, I love this. Let's do it. And I'm like, all right, man, you own it. And he owns it for a week. I fall in love with it. I was like, okay, I'll just keep it up. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> So I, uh, so I, so Patreon, obviously for people who don't know, Patreon's a way that you can, uh, donate to a show and you get perks in return. So yep. I joined it like a $5 tier. Cause I, I really love what they were doing. I noticed they were small. I came up my whole life in small business. So I understand how much even just $5 means to somebody, uh, you know, it can go a long way. So I get a message from Joe from the Disney's podcast saying, Hey man, thank you so much for joining Patreon. Here's our discord server. And it took me a day to join. I did not want to join this discord server. I was very <laughs> intimidated. I did not want to speak with people that I listened to for hours at like for hours at that point. Like they were celebrities to me, Joe, Adam and Alex were celebrities. They were people that I listened to all the time and they were a favorite show of mine. It's like, you know, it's like listening to Howard Stern. Like, it's like, you just hear these people's voices. I'm now yeah. going to interact with them. Like I, I can't do that. Yeah. So I ended up joining the discord. And like I said, that's how this butterfly effect kind of happened. I joined this discord and uh, we I would I would join in the live shows. That was part of the perks of being a Patreon member. And I would join in the live shows and uh, I would I would comment. I'd Photoshop funny pictures and this and that. And just hearing my name on the show meant so much to me. Like it was so cool hearing like a, like what I thought a celebrity say my name on mm -hmm. the show. Then one day, uh, Joe asked me if I play Call of Duty. And uh, and so I said, yeah. And then he asked me to play with him, Adam, and Alex. I was very, again, very <laughs> intimidated to be in a like a private situation with them. Little did I know, like knowing them now, it's like they're just normal guys. Yeah. But like to me, they were celebrities. Uh -huh. So I'm playing Call of Duty with them literally on a nightly basis. And that's how the three of us got so close. Um and that's kind of how our friendship began. And, I, and I, I consider Joe and Alex two of my closest friends. And it all happened from that, you know, joining the Patreon because of the pandemic. Before you did that, you sure. did the uh, you did the old uh, the old. Uh, oh, what were those called? The vir uh, virtual spotlight. Oh, I did. Um, I <laughs> were, were you nervous doing that, considering that at that time you still thought of them as celebrities? Yes, very nervous. Uh, Joe used to do this thing called virtual spotlights with new Patreon members or with people in the Disney community that had like podcasts and stuff. And it was just a series of questions. What's your famous ride? What's your favorite ride movie, et cetera, et cetera. And he introduced me as having, cause I, during the pandemic, I bought a drone and I would take videos and edit videos. Cause again, I liked creating content. Uh -huh. I love telling stories and being able to kind of tell these like short stories of the places that I was recording. I just loved doing that and just just kind of writing the script of this, this scenic video that I would make with these drones. And it was fun because it was outside and have to go inside anywhere. So no, yeah. no risk of getting sick. So I, I, it was called nature on the fly. You can still look it up on YouTube. It's got, I have some pretty cool videos and uh, Joe introduced me and plugged my, my drone video page. That's how long ago this was. It's like, <laughs> I don't even own the drone anymore. And um, he introduced me as, you know, the guy that has the YouTube channel Nature on the Fly. I thought it was super nice of him and everything. But yeah, uh, Alex, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when it was, it was Joe, it wasn't Joe and Alex. So it was just, it was just him. And it was just like this one-on-one -on -one setting. And it was, it was intimidating. So doing that was very weird. Again, you know, we, we were friends at the time. But we weren't like super close. Um, so, you know, obviously we, just, we, we kept gaming together cause they, they enjoy playing video games. I enjoy playing video games, not much else to do back then. And when, when the world <laughs> yeah. shut down. Yeah, yeah. So, um, that leads me to what I was getting into Diz journey. Um, he says, Hey, you should come on Diz journey. It's a super informal thing. Um, it was 
it was just Joe and Remy at first, and yep, they, were, they yeah. would play like video games and stuff. Or Joe, Joe would, try would, to play, Joe would play uh, <laughs> he would attempt Aladdin. Joe would play the old Aladdin game for the yeah, gen- the Genesis, and then uh, Remy would deliver like the news and yes, okay. yeah. And I didn't know at the time how big of a like not serious show well, I don't want to say <laughs> joke but it was just not a serious show but I took that show very serious I probably on my phone still have the show notes from the first night that I ever was on when they asked <laughs> me to come on I wrote notes of what happened in Disney that week I wrote down I, I, I wrote jokes I wrote jokes to say I wrote an introduction like a little a, a very small monologue to give and because uh, I really thought it was very serious I make money off of this show Dis Dis Journey they did not <laughs> and I don't even take that much. <laughs> I don't. I don't take that much preparation for this show. Oh. <laughs> this was literally Dane. This was literally my first ever appearance on a podcast at the time, and I. I, I didn't know. Is that why you showed me. up in a suit that night? <laughs> I, I, I did not know where it was going to take me, but I wanted to do my best on it. I didn't know if there was one listener or a thousand listeners, but I was ready to give it my all that night, and I did. And uh, I, w- I came on the next week. I, I remember um, I was out one day and I had to help Emily's stepdad s- set up his camper. And I was like, listen, I got I to gotta be back for this podcast I'm doing. And I always tell the joke like he kidnapped me. He was taking me to, the, all, the, to all these bars and he got me <laughs> really, really drunk. And I had, I had Emily pick me up at the bar because it was near my house. I said, Emily, I got to get home for this podcast. <laughs> I do not remember the podcast, but I was there. I showed up. And so... And and you know what? And my loyalty for the show kept me on. It's really yeah. because I showed up. <laughs> Fast forward, I don't know, a couple weeks. You probably have the information more than I do. But I get on and Remy says we're having uh we're having guests on tonight from the No New Friends podcast. And I thought, okay, cool. I thought it was a little intimidating having these big, you know, th- these people from a big show coming. And uh and in come Scott and Mary. And the way they carried themselves and the chemistry between them, t- the, the two, I really thought like they had this radio show. Like I really thought this like this like a huge, yeah, I huge, did too, I did too, huge show. And um, and I didn't care because at that point I knew Remy's Roundtable was somewhat of a like not so serious show. Uh-huh. So I remember that that episode, me, Joe, and Alex played this game where we would <laughs> message each other a que- yeah. a, a word, and we had to fit the word in a in a response we gave <laughs> on the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I told Scott this, but not no nobody else really knows this. So if you listen to that episode, you'll hear a lot of weird words, and it's because I've, we were playing this game. <laughs> I've tried to figure it out uh, I've, because some of them are you've very obvious. Yeah, you've caught a few. I caught a few of them. Yeah. So so anyway, Scott and Mary at the end of the show, Scott was like, "Hey guys, I'd love to have all of you guys guest host on the No New Friends podcast." And I'm like laughing to myself thinking like, I'm not on a podcast. I'm a yeah. nobody. I'm a Patreon for the Diz His podcast. Yeah. So j- just so happened, don't know why, but Scott, maybe probably because Joe and Alex were busy. Scott reaches out to me and he asked me to be to guest host on the new friend podcast. I remember I was so excited. I told Emily, I said, hey, I'm, I'm guest hosting on a podcast tonight. And she's like, what? So I was like, yeah, they think I'm on the like part of the Diz His podcast, I think. And I didn't say I wasn't. So... <laughs> Scott was like, hey, I'd love to have all the Disney hosts on. I was like, oh, sure, yeah, I'm, I'm free because I'm doing anything. So Scott has me has on. Work. I'm going to be like, hey, Scott, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I I have nothing to do with the Disney's podcast. They're just a couple of friends of mine. And Because he asked me, like, I think during the show, like, oh, so what do you 
you know, you're from the well, distance. I was trying to get some clarity. I didn't understand <laughs> what Diz's journey was. Nobody Because did. I knew that Nobody there was did. Diz his. Yeah, no, and I knew did. that there was Remy's Roundtable. But when you search Diz's journey on Spotify, nothing comes up. No. And I was mm-hmm. very, very confused. Scott, help me out. That was episode 21, 22? You came on episode 22. So 22 was um, a really fun episode. It was me, Scott, and Mary. And they were recording two times a week at that point, right? Three times, a three week. times a week. So we finished that show and it went well. I thought, you know, I remember one of the segments was strange news and I really felt in my element on strange news. Cause I was able to just make kind of funny comments during it. And, um, I was, I, I didn't really have a lot of pressure. So at the end of that show, um, Scott said, we'd love to have you on again. I was like, Oh my gosh. Like, sure. You know, that's, that's, that's great. And then, um, and, uh, the next day, I think it was Scott, <laughs> because you recorded three times a week. He had me on, and it was just me and Scott. Uh, Mary couldn't make it, and I think that's probably where we like. I mean, we clicked on the first episode, but we really clicked on that episode, and it was kind of like we had a really good dynamic. And at the, by the end of the episode, Scott was just like outright said, "Hey, you know, me and Mary were looking for a third host, and we'd we'd really love to, you know, give you the give you the shot to be a third host," which I was just kind of blindsided by. Were you actually looking for a third host or did Chris have yeah. such good chemistry that you just decided to? Yeah, we were, we were because we, we had gotten to the point and, and it, it was less to do. It was less to do with the fact that it was just me and her. And it had more to do with the fact that we were doing three episodes a week. <laughs> we were starting to run out of content. We yeah. were starting to run out of things to talk about. And we hadn't yet struck gold with, me telling the awkward stories that happened or Mary telling the awkward story. We hadn't hit that None of yet. the classic episodes that come out yet at this point. Correct. It, it, politics, pimples, and pleasures. That was uh, that was the only one, and that was by accident, talking uh-huh. about the pet mayor. But yeah, we we, we still didn't know what the show was. Um, we All I knew is that I felt like things were starting to dry up. Yeah. And I felt like we needed a third host. And the original, I I actually offered the gig to Craig Brooks from Tasty Trivia, who was in that Politics, Pimples and Pleasure Mm. episode, because I thought we the three of us had great chemistry. We've known each other for for several years, but he wanted to do a hospitality podcast. He wanted to do like a restaurant and hospitality podcast, which I had zero interest in doing. Yeah. Um, And my wife tried to push me to that, too. She's like, well, that's your hook. Get people in. And then once you get loyal listeners, then you kind of change it to whatever you want. I was like, I don't want to do that. That's stupid. So um, I kind of abandoned the idea of Craig and then, you know, we, we kept going. So, and, and what Chris may not know is, is it was always, it was always designed that Chris was going to be the first one from that show to guest. Oh no, I did because, not know that. Because I, I didn't know. I didn't think that you were attached to a podcast. Although in the episode description, I just, <laughs> I just read the episode description of the episode that you're on, and it says Chris from the Diz Journey yeah. and Remy's Roundtable podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> um, because I I I felt like Chris was very funny during uh during that episode of Diz Journey, and I'm like, mm-hmm. well, I think I think he'll mesh well in an episode. We'll give him a whole episode to do, and you know, let's see kind of what happens. Did and... the audience respond to Chris becoming a host? Well. Did they respond to him <laughs> they, at first? My audience hated Chris. Oh my uh, 
they hated him. Um, he was just, they're like, I just want to punch him. Uh, you know, my, my sister still to this date refuses to listen because Chris, uh, hates friends. Um, my mom was really his only fan. My mom loved Chris, although she's turning on you because she she does not, I did not get one this year. Well, I'm going to tell you why Uh she's, she's turning on you. She does not love Chris's cliff notes because it's mostly making fun of me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, Jersey man, Florida man's really good. Um, But I don't know about Chris's cliff notes. It's really mean (laughs) to you. That's what makes me and Scott so good together though, is because like we can make fun of each other and take zero offense to it because we know it's all out of love and and for the sake of comedy. And that's why I feel like I mesh so well on the show. Because I noticed that right away is that like I can make fun of either one of you, and yeah, it's just it's for comedy. It's not serious. Chris, yeah, when now, did you now? Sp- Chris is. I think Chris is more popular than Mary now. Uh, <laughs> just with his Chris's with his cliff notes and all that. It, it Chris is very very well received by the audience now. Yeah, Chris, when did you start sell reselling on eBay? Oh my gosh. High school before I was legally allowed to, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> true story. I would, uh, I would start, I would sell What I would do is I would, uh, I found out that that Pokemon video games on the game boy were very valuable back in, um, this was like 2011. So I would say to my friends, I, I you know, Hey, let me buy your old game boy games. I give them like, you know, five, $10 a piece for them. I sell them for like 30, 40, $50 a piece. <laughs> and then I still have Facebook statuses popping up. Like, Hey, you know, need an iPhone crack screen doesn't matter. Cause I would, I, and I, I would buy phones off of people. I, I, I made postings on Craigslist and I, and I would, uh, I would meet up with people at the mall. My mom would be terrified. And I'd <laughs> buy phones with crack screens and I throw them on eBay because people were paying crazy amounts of money for them. So I remember yeah. like leaving high school and walking because I couldn't drive yet to the ATM to pull out money from my PayPal account. And, um, and then PayPal finally caught up with me, asked for, asked me for my ID and I couldn't prove that I was 18. So I had to wait till my 18th birthday to get the rest of the money out. But yeah, it was, it was, nobody it can was, stop uh, a reselling hoarder. <laughs> I'd, if you look at my eBay account, it says like, you know, member for like, it's been like 10 years, I think, or something like yeah. that. Like it's been, it's, it's something outrageous. <laughs> So the idea behind Cliff Notes came because I hosted my own birthday episode because Scott, Scott came up with the great idea. Oh, we're going to ho- you guys can host for your birthday. I hate hosting things. I've realized uh, <laughs> because I don't I like to I like to be directed. Uh, so I I did what I do best when I host things because I host things for fun, like for my fantasy football league. I write an opening monologue. I've always loved the idea of an opening monologue. I've always had and I hate I hate like giving myself credit for things. I just don't like doing that. But I've always had a uh a talent for writing and um that goes back to like me writing songs in 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 middle and high school and funny songs like that and i just i i I do i can i guess i can credit myself for that i do have a talent for writing things and i have a yes my mind always my (laughs) mind always is racing and um, i felt like earlier in the episode because you weren't saying much you were doing cliff notes and i got really scared but now that you're saying more (laughs) things i'm 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 happier (laughs) i uh i my mind is always racing so thought and that's how i think that's probably how i can create there yeah i come up with these creative thoughts so quickly is i have this racing mind so um i love writing monologues for things i love opening i love setting the tone so what i did is for my episode i wrote an opening monologue and that was a night where we recorded two episodes in a row what about a 
hour gap in between that may be generous might have been about 45 minutes and with 15 minutes to maybe maybe half hour i'll say before the next episode scott texts me and says hey i loved your monologue would you be able to write one for the next episode and this was like 30 minutes until the next episode yeah because it was the father's day episode it was yeah it was the father's day episode we should start off father's day with a father's day monologue so i created a father's day monologue which might be one of my favorite monologues it was it was really funny it was just a bunch of dad jokes and i created a story around these dad jokes do you find it do you find it easier to write a monologue before or or during the thing that you're talking about like would you Mm. find cliff like if you for some reason planned everything that was going to be talked about in no new friends would you find cliff notes to easier if you pre-planned them or while it's actually while you're talking it's going on that's a good question so i ever since high school ever since i've needed to do things uh, in a timely manner, I've always found my best work is when I'm pressed to do something. I yeah. I, I I wasn't a procrastinator with. I, am a, I listen. I procrastinate, but I, but with some things, I procrastinated on purpose because when my back's against the wall for writing, at least that's when my best work is done. I've never. I, I I would never proofread any of my papers. There was some grammatical errors, sure, but I felt like the content would be better than the uh, than the grammatical errors, and they and yeah. they were. I you know I, I got decent grades in college, but I just felt like whenever I was forced to write something, I I would that was my best work. Now there are there are some times where I am pressed to do something and I write something, and I'm a perfectionist, so I I in, in that sense, so there's like oh man, I wish I would have added this. I wish I would have added that, but um it's it's hard to say like when i when i do a monologue i like to do it like right before i'm supposed to give it i don't like giving myself a lot of time yeah uh that's why when when scott proposed the idea for chris's cliff notes he's like, oh i think you should you know do it during the episode and, and say it at the end i, I kind of hated the idea at first i'm like i don't know how <laughs> i could do that but i've learned very quickly that i can take little breaks to write these jokes i can think of them i just need to you know compose them when Scott and Mary are kind of going back and forth and the chemistry they have together is so great. So I can give them time to go back and forth while I can tap in on my talent of being able to, you know, write these things down and kind of say it at the end. So I feel like it makes the show so much better in that way. Cause I'm not interjecting and, and, and cutting people off in the episode cause, and they can, they can have their chemistry, which is just, is, is amazing. And I just feel like it makes the show that much better. So the idea yeah. initially hated the idea, <laughs> um, but I said, let me try it. I like challenging myself. And, and he, honest, he didn't honestly tell not me challenge. that he hated it. I didn't. Yeah. I, didn't. <laughs> I didn't because I did want to challenge myself. And I'll tell you what, it's not hard to do. The, it, it, and, but the only reason it's not hard to do is because of the chemistry that Mary and Scott have. Without, 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 without Mary and Scott, yeah. uh, you'll notice that when Mary's not there, the cliff notes aren't as good or mm. they're non-existent because I can't take you those can't, breaks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Could you do one like right now? Uh, you don't have to. You, you don't actually have to. But like I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying if like one. if I would ask you, if I would have asked you in the beginning of this episode, do a cliff notes at the end. Could you have done it? Hundred percent because I um because of how long Scott talks. I could definitely. <laughs> I did. I, I did one. And, and and example, I did one for Remy for Remy's roundtable on uh-huh. his anniversary show. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's just uh, I don't know. It's it's I, I just kind of have to take a back seat for a little bit. 
type up, but mm. I, I don't think it's very noticeable during the show. I don't think you notice that I'm distracted or anything. Uh-huh. I think I'm, I do a pretty good job at, at fading in and out. Um, it's, it's something I really like to do, Dane. So I, um, like if anyone ever asked me to do something like that, Remy asked me, Hey, for my anniversary show, could you do a little roast? Could you do a Christmas cliff notes? And I was very excited to do so. So yeah, I think I could do it. I always like the challenge, even if I can't do it, I can still come up with two or three nice little zingers for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, after, after Chris performed the, or pulled off the father's day monologue, I was like, we, we have something with Chris that we have not even tapped into yet. We all know he's funny. We all know he's got a knack for storytelling, but I didn't know until those two episodes, his, his gift of writing. So I've always wanted to have kind of these segments and, and that's why like the third segment of our show is my favorite. Yeah. Well, I was, I was just about to say that you've, you were looking for segments at that point you were looking for exactly ones exactly. that you could look and forward just, to every episode yep exactly and it just fit in and and you know chris he, he i don't know how he does it because he says that he's able to take pauses and all that but i, I mean he, he interjects i i think a lot but i do get long-winded so there is some time to to, <laughs> to write but you know it's kind of the you know i when i listen back to our episodes i'm like damn it i should have said this here i should have uh-huh. said that there and i don't Chris gets the opportunity to say yeah. what he didn't get to say earlier and sometimes mm-hmm. holds things back and all that. And it just makes for a really, really funny segment. Yeah. Um, the classic episodes, I think of like the Bubba Joe one or the, do they know it's Christmas or uh, dangling the sex carrot or the BJ's and Costco one. Um, <laughs> when you were recording these, um, did you know that these segments, like like um like when you first did Clissus Cliff Notes or when you first did uh, uh Florida Man Jersey Man, um did you know these episodes or segments would become like known in your show and like become the classics like they are today? Scott, would you Chris answer Cliff- that question? Yes and no. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say yes and no, for sure. <laughs> Chris's Cliff Notes, I knew was gonna land. I have no doubt that that was going to land. Jersey man, Florida man is interesting because I asked Ryan, I said, I want you to do two news stories. One from just like what he does, where it's, you read us the headlines. We try to guess. And then you read the story with the context. And then I said, and just like on Diz his, when Niels wants to know, end it with a little joke. Yeah. (laughs) That was the, that was the direction that I gave Ryan and Ryan took it on and made it this Ryan is incredible. Ryan very is good. so funny. He's very My wife talented. says he's a genius. Yeah, and it's, yeah. it's a it's a genius part of the show because if if we have a new listener that listens to the most recent episode, they're going to get to the end. Chris's cliff notes are really funny, but Jersey Man Florida Man it's going to be entertaining but it's not going to make a whole lot of sense. So it forces you to then go, you back, can go back and then go back yeah, and go yeah, back and go yeah. back. So there is a method to my madness of every little thing that we do. And yeah. I do throw a bunch against the wall and see see what sticks. Um but to 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 talk about the episodes real quick. It's really funny because sometimes I know that they're going to be instant classics and sometimes I have no idea what's going to happen. Um the the we love BJ's and Costco episode was by complete accident yeah, that, you know, 
we were talking about grocery shopping and the fact that I walked out of the grocery store with coffee creamer and soda. <laughs> and then Chris says, I've been really into BJ's lately. <laughs> yeah. To which Mary and I giggle. It would have ended there. But again, we have amazing Patreon members. Yeah. Ryan in, in chat, and this is how it took on a life of its own, types, I think all men are into those. <laughs> and And so then... Seeing that kind of in my head gave me the permission to take it to the next level and make it this whole big thing. Uh, make it an now the dangling joke. the sex cue. What's that? I said make it make it an inside joke. Making it the longest running inside joke that we have. Yeah, really. yeah, yeah. So dangling the sex carrot. I had wanted to do that topic of um my wife dangling the sex carrot i've i wanted to do it for months but i couldn't figure out how to naturally bring it up and then this story happens with my daughter having the sleepover and i'm like okay boom there yeah. it is there's where we bring that story in and it was just by accident that it went down the the, the road that it went when chris is like i can't even have sex with my dog in the room and I'm like, oh, my God, I have to talk about this because my dog stays in bed. Like, that's true. My dog stays in bed with us. It's not an exaggeration. And I, did, I had no idea that it was going to take on the life of its own. I wanted to get back to dangling the sex carrot. But they were just having so much fun with this whole dog in the room. And again, it's now our second longest running joke. Yeah. The Bubba Joe thing so I knew the story because Chris had shared some of the pictures of this interaction. And when we start talking about something much like you and I were doing at the very beginning of this episode where you're like, well, hold on, hold on to that. Uh, or before we start recording, a yeah. lot of that happens in real life where some text messages will come back and forth or conversations. Uh, and I'm like, no, 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 hold it. Like, I don't even talk to Mary anymore because it's like, <laughs> I don't want, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to waste the good stuff on just us. You know, I want to, have it out there for our audience. But um, so we knew a little bit about it, but I didn't know that it was going to take on the life of it. Like, again, it, it goes back to Chris's uh, ability to still tell stories in this amazingly entertaining way. Yeah. And that, that whole segment took on a life of its own. And Bubba Job is this regular character. He's our mascot on our show. He's, yeah. he's the, yeah, he is the mascot. He's also an, yep. N he is also an NFL superstar now. So he is, he is. <laughs> he is. <laughs> and then, uh, MVP going to the Super Bowl with the Philadelphia. Yeah, I know. I'm excited about that. <laughs> Do they know it's Christmas? Complete accident. Complete, Complete accident, yeah. accident. We did a top 10 list and Chris was just talking about the songs that he likes and a complete accident. We had no idea that that no idea that that was going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Got one more one more question. Um you said you're you have said it multiple times. If anybody listens to your podcast, um you just talk about like life. You just talk about things that happen in life and 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 funny stories. And usually those stories are about other people. So have you ever gotten in trouble with the people you talk about because they didn't like that's they didn't like something that you shared and because this is the format of your show are other people like your kids or or wives or in Mary's case husbands are they supportive of the show Great question great question there's so <laughs> many different layers here 
So, yeah, my my wife, 100% supportive of what I'm doing and the things that I'm saying. And there have been some questionable moments where I've said something about my wife or about just our life. And, and, I, and I question, is this, is this okay? And especially, especially early on, I remember, I remember feeling sick to my stomach after the Miguel Cologne episode, because we were talking about how Rachel and I met and, and the whole joke was, you know, Mary at the end of when Mary and I were talking, she's like, well, you know, go meet up with her because I, it's a long story, but she's like, go meet up with her. At least you'll get your dick wet. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I, yeah, it's a personal story. And and then I go, and then I did get my D wet, you know, and, and, and I didn't know how my wife was going to feel about it. So I had her, I, I, I said, I need you to listen to this. I need you to listen to this and tell me if it's okay. She said, yeah, it's okay. And we've had conversations about it. And, and I'm, I reference a lot of time the conversation in the movie Howard Stern private parts when Howard and his wife were talking, his wife at the time. And he's like, you know, I just, I have to be personal. I have to put it all out there. And she says, I know, do what you got to do. And then he, you know, made fun of the fact that uh, she had a miscarriage and yeah. that was like a, a yeah. big thing for them. But, you know, I think my wife knows what I want to do and she knows that in the way that we tell the stories, they're mostly exaggerated. Yeah. Uh, not to take it personally. That's why, you know, I, I, I like that she doesn't really listen um, <laughs> <laughs> because it gives me a little bit more freedom now, like the rest of my family, my kids do listen to the show, my 22 year old and my, my 17 year old. And, and if, if my son comes up and I feel like I, you know, I call him an asshole sometimes and, <laughs> and I'll tell him, I'm like, Hey, I called you an asshole. Don't, you know, don't take it personally. It's just, it's just comedy. And he's like, yeah, but dad, you think I'm an asshole? And I'm like, well, I know, but just, uh, you know, play it <laughs> off as comedy. You know, no one needs to know that. No. <laughs> um, but my my sister is really the most sensitive about it, to be honest with you. And and I think my family knows like, hey, we're going to tell you something now. Make sure it doesn't get on the podcast. Yeah. But also, I know I know what should and shouldn't be on the podcast. I don't think I've ever now. OK, rewind back to 20 years ago when I did Internet radio. I did not know that. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know that uh, that line not to cross. <laughs> and I did cross that several times. And uh, I st there's still some family members that uh, I don't speak to as much. Oh. Uh, so, but my, my sister had rules and she said, I don't want you to talk about don't mention my kids by names. Uh, don't don't tell any specific stories about my kids. Uh, don't mention me by name. Don't mention my husband by name. Yeah. Uh, so what's your sister's she, name? <laughs> that, that's that's only because she's a she's a teacher at a catholic school and she knows that our yeah. content is not uh, necessarily yeah. necessarily catholic school friendly just to just to uh quickly answer that because scott gave a really good answer i yeah. um emily my wife she uh for people who don't know uh she's such a good sport with all this she's actually listens to every episode she commutes to work so she listens to all the episodes and she loves them there was there was a time a couple of weeks ago and, and we did have to take something out of the episode because it did it it, it did not that it crossed the line but it, in her profession i made a joke that was you know it was all in comedy but it was uh it, it was i guess in in, in bad taste in poor and taste she, yeah 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 and uh she and you know and i was respectful of that and i know not to cross that line now mm. but uh, it wasn't anything insulting or anything but it was just something having to do with the profession so um i i think a really good way that i what i do is i try to make fun of myself a lot 
I try to make fun of Scott a lot. <laughs> and I, you know, I, I don't, and everything I say, I'm very dry. I'm very sarcastic. And if people don't get that, I'm sorry. But I mean, that's just, it's, it's just comedy. I mean, I, that's how I feel at the end of the day. It's like, uh-huh. listen, I, I can say ridiculous things because they're ridiculous and you can laugh at them because they're ridiculous. And it's, it's, it's all for comedy and entertainment. Cause if I wasn't saying this, these things, you wouldn't be laughing at them because, and you know, that's, that's the, that's one of the, the issues with, with comedy today is that a lot of people are getting offended by things that are said that, um, they're just, you know, made for comedy. And, uh, I, I hope that our show kind of does walk that line a little bit. Because I think that 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 we do need some content that walks that line, instead of just being uh, overly sensitive of everything. So I think that that there's a good there's a good way to be able to be <clears throat> um, respectful, but also funny. And I, I I like kind of like we make fun of like you know the death of the queen, like it's you know. And we, listen, we don't we 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 don't want to uh, we're not happy anybody died, but it happened, and let's talk about it. That's how that's how I look at things. And as long as uh, our immediate families are happy, then, hey, that's all I care about. Hey, so it's 2023. Um, I know I have some exciting things coming up for Big Beautiful Diz and the new Dana Interviews channel. So uh, is there anything exciting that you can tell us about new new friends before we end? Can I talk about yeah. a, a little bit about this, Scott? Oh, we were talking about earlier, I think. That's one yeah. of the big goals for 2030. Yeah, go go for it. One of my big goals for 23, and it's funny because like I really just wanted to hit the ground running with this, and we I did start it today. I really want to add value to Patreon because um, Scott, Mary, and I appreciate every cent that is donated to us on Patreon, and I feel like we don't reciprocate that enough back to our Patreon members. And we, from the bottom of our hearts, love every single listener. The ones that choose to donate or like hold a special place in our heart because that's just like people spending their hard earned money on us is just like mind blowing to me. So I, so we as a group want to uh, provide more content. So today I, I launched the first in a series that I'm, I guess I'm calling uh, Chris reacts for now. Cause I don't have a, um, have a name for it yet, but it's going to be a Patreon exclusive, probably weekly or maybe bi-weekly video of me just ranting about something. And, you know, just little snippets like that. Scott's going to, Scott has, uh, Scott's going to do uh, fireside chats, fireside, right? Chats. I'm so excited about it. <laughs> and, and we're going to be no, I don't know yet what it's going to be, but it's going to be in front of the fireplace. And it will be just for Patreon members. Um, We also are going to, uh, you actually, I think, uh, shed some light on this to Scott um, about um, merchandise. Patreon exclusive merchandise. Yep. So we're going to be designing, and by we're me, (laughs) I'm going to be designing with Scott's approval. um, (laughs) Patreon exclusive designs for t-shirts, mugs, hats, whatever. And whatever tier you are, you'll get that. You'll only be able to get that if you're a Patreon member. Uh, so for me personally, and and Scott, because he's going to be adding content too, but I, I just really wanted to make my goal to add more value to Patreon. Hey, so where can we find you guys? Um, my address is... <laughs> no, I don't mean that. I don't mean that. Not not address. <laughs> where can we find you on the internet? <laughs> no new friends podcast.com. All of our social media links are there. All of our... Um, we're on every major pl- podcasting mm-hmm. platforms and the minor ones as well. I mean, we're... At this point, we're everywhere, but uh, nonewfriendspodcast.com, all of our links are there for Twitch, for Facebook, for YouTube, for TikTok. Everything is legit on our website. Now, Dane, before we wrap this up, I uh, 
I do want to thank you so much for reaching out to us of all people to be, uh, to be on this, this new channel. I'm very excited for you for this, this, uh, this kind of new little chapter in your book that you're writing. Uh, very honored to be a part of it. Always wanted to be on Dane interviews. Was a little intimidated by Dane interviews. You asked very good questions, and this did not uh, skip a beat. It was very good, very good questions. Also, just want to shout out to all of your listeners watching this or watchers, I guess, because we're on YouTube. But it is going to be a podcast. Listeners too, right? on because, Spotify. Yep. Yep. So listeners on Spotify, but all of our listeners, uh, just thank you so much for just listening to us. It's just crazy to me that people are voluntarily listening to our voices, and we appreciate you. Uh, just really appreciate you. Just bringing us on here it was really a lot of fun hey no problem no problem you can also hear chris on the Diz his podcast i'll leave everything uh linked in the description go to no new friends.com or does his.com no new friends podcast no, no new friends podcast.com sorry no new friends podcast.com everything will be linked in the description while you're down there leave a like and consider subscribing it would make me a very very happy man and with that, I'll see you all in the next one. Have a magical day, everybody.